All right, let's do it. Episode 64 of Nothing to Say, the Fans Podcast. What a great weekend in sports we just had. What a great weekend it was. Sam, before we get to that, how was your week? Dude, it was awesome. Went to the coast. The Oregon coast was absolutely phenomenal. Super windy, but sunny. Uh, the best experience I've had going to the Oregon coast because the last time I went, it was completely overcast. I'm just, I'm very excited for this episode, man. Absolutely. Dom, how was your week? My week was uh, fantastic, I, I must say. Uh, much better than the week before. Um, <laughs> I, I capped it off with a, uh, an incredible incredible Alabama against Georgia game just this last weekend. I will tell you guys all about that just in a second, but uh, besides that, it was a fantastic week. Nice. I'm glad to hear it. Um, I got a question for either one of you, for both of you guys. Have either one of you had the absolute privilege to take a COVID test? No. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, so you did take. Okay. So I have questions about that because I took a test this weekend. Um, and I, before I tell, share my experience, what was your experience with it, Dom? So, um, both the times that I've had to get the test, uh, the first one was because I, they were required to return to campus. And then the second was because we had a little scare at the radio station that I work at. Um, but both the times it was just like the long Q-tip in the nostril. Yeah. They swirl it around and they, you know, 10 seconds and then they pull it out. And it's, it's like, it's like a burning sensation, and I don't. It's very uncomfortable, but it's brief. Um, so it's mm-hmm. not. It's not enjoyable, but it's it's definitely not the worst, you know, medical procedure you could have. No, absolutely not. So the one that the one that I got was a throat swab, and then both nostrils. Um, so they did the throat swab, which is fine. And I have a really. Ba- I've always had a really bad gag reflex, so I was a little like hesitant just in the sense that I thought I was going to gag, but it, it didn't end up uh, being that big of a deal. But you you hit the nail on the head with that burning sensation um, because he sort of just looked at me and he was like, all right, you ready? I was like, I, <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah. Um, and uh, he, uh, yeah, it went way up there. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, and I know that's, and I know that's what they're doing, but I wasn't, exp- I mean, I knew it was going to go way up through my nostril, but I guess there was just a part of me that once it was there was like, good grief. This is like in the back of my brain. Um, <laughs> and he, uh, he was like, Oh, you got to relax a little bit or uh, you got to relax your, uh, your nose a little bit or I'm not gonna be able to reach it. I was like, dude, I am trying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and I, I, cause my, I was all like clenched, like my face was all like crunched together and I eventually like got used to it for that brief second and was able to relax and he did his thing. And, my eyes started watering and I was laughing. I was like, dude, that was insane. <laughs> he was like, yep, ready for the other side? I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I remember and, uh, uh, taking uh, Jenna to go get one. And we we drive up there at like the drive, drive-through drive uh, COVID testing. And um, they definitely don't serve out Happy Meals there. No. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and we were seeing like grown men tearing up at this. And that just freaked her out. Yeah, well, the tearing up isn't isn't because you're like crying, but it's just like it's a reflex. Like I, like after he did my first nostril, my eyes just started watering. I'm sitting there and I'm laughing because I can't like control it. It's just my eyes had just started streaming tears, and I was like, dude, I'm not 
crying or anything, but this is ridiculous. And he was like, and he was like, yeah, no, that that's, that's common. That happens all the time. And I was like, you don't say, <laughs> um, so yeah, he did the other side and I swear for the rest of the day, like, I mean, Dom, you're right. The actual procedure itself, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's, it's very brief. Um, but for that brief moment, it is very uncomfortable. And I gotta say for the rest of the day, I could still like feel like my nose had, uh, had had something in it. Um, like, you know, the best way I was describing it was, have you guys, you remember the scene from, um, Wally where there was a robot that was walking around screaming foreign contaminant. That's what my nose was saying the rest <laughs> of the day. I just watched that earlier this week. Yeah, there you go. Oh, Wally's an amazing movie. <laughs> um, but uh, that's what it felt like. And, uh, again, not the worst thing in the world, but yeah, it was, it was pretty uncomfortable, but that was, that was my first experience with the, uh, with the test. So, um, and it was, I don't know. I, I, for somebody, somebody asked me afterward, like, was it bad? And it was one of those things where I was like, well, no, <laughs> but it was just, it's not bad because it's quick, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, all right, let's get into the actual important conversations that we have going on sports. All right. Oh, let's, yeah. let's start with the, let's start with the uh, college weekend. Uh, Dom, give us a recap of everything that happened. Tell us why Alabama is not making the playoffs. That's yeah, guys, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the season's over. Um, there's really nothing to say. We're just not – we're not really that good of a team. Um, I, I really I, – there's just nothing else to say. No, that's an absolute lie. Uh, we're actually fantastic. Um, so, <laughs> guys, the first game that I want to get to, obviously, number two, Alabama, 41, number three, Georgia, 24. This was the pinnacle of my week, as I just said. Um, I did find a ticket, guys, so I was in attendance at this oh! game. Wow. Yes, I did find a ticket, um, one that was not, you know, something that would uh, send me into debt for the next three years, uh, but something that I could afford. So it was um, it was a really, really good bargain. And, uh, you know, I was in the nosebleeds, but that doesn't matter. I was at this game. And um, let me just tell you, first half was very uncomfortable, um, but, it, you know, we got our money's worth. It was uh, it was 24 to 20 at half. Um, Alabama and Georgia battled back and forth. Obviously, we were able to move the ball. This was the number one defense in the country coming into this game. Um, you know, Alabama, we gashed them uh, through the passing attack. Jalen Waddell and John Mechie, two of our uh, our really good receivers, they had uh, really long touchdown catches from our quarterback, Mac Jones, who I believe now should be a Heisman contender, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Um but uh, Georgia did the same thing. I mean, they were gashing us with the run game. They've got a really, really good stable of running backs. They actually hit us on a um, a wheel route where we unfortunately had one of our outside linebackers covering the running back, which is a terrible decision. Don't ever do that. Um, but that's our designator <laughs> for you. And uh, that resulted in an 80-yard receiving touchdown for the running back. So we were, you know, Bama fans really pissed off about that. That's that's something that teams have capitalized on a lot with us lately is uh, running backs and, and wheel routes. So we – we're kind of bitter about that, but, um, you know, we didn't let it get out of hand in the first half, 24 to 20. We hit a huge 52 yard field goal with one second remaining in the first half. We actually spiked the ball and, uh, the clock operator didn't stop the clock before, uh, zeros, um, showed up on the clock and, and George actually left the game early before, um, before they could reset the clock and they were trying to get into the locker room, you know, and act like time ran out, but we did have one second left. So they basically sent half of their team into the locker room and then left the other half 
the guys who were on um, field goal, the field goal unit. And those guys came out. And so Georgia's sideline was basically empty for the field goal. And we made it. We made a 52-yard field goal. So, I mean, one second, as Alabama fans know, uh, the kick six back in 2013, one second does matter. And uh, we finally, you know, had some some positive luck go our way, and we got a 52-yard field goal with one second left. That was probably, of all the things that happened in this game, that was the turning point momentum-wise. And then we came in in the second half, and, um, I mean, we dominated. Uh, our, our defense stepped up huge. I don't know where all this talent and production has been for the last three games, but we shut out Georgia in the second half. Uh, we had three total interceptions, um, three sacks in, in the second half. It was a huge improvement from last week. Obviously, against Ole Miss, we let up like 600 yards total offense. In this game, it was still about 400 yards, but it's that's better than 600. You know, it's a step in the right direction. And a shutout in the second half against the number three team in the country, um, that's that's nothing that uh, you, know, you kind of shake a stick at. That's, that's a great performance. I think our defensive coordinator – uh, basically just saved his job for a few more weeks. So uh, we're excited about that. Um, but it was an off – I mean, it was an incredible performance by our defense. Offensively, it was even better. Um, this is somehow the most explosive offense in Alabama history through four games. And I have no idea how that's possible, given that we just sent Tua Tungavailoa to the NFL along with Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs III. But um, here we are now. Uh, Mac Jones currently has – over 1,500 yards passing in four games. He holds the Alabama record for most 400-yard passing games in a career with three, um, and those have all come consecutively in the last three weeks. Uh, Najee Harris, he now leads the country in touchdowns with 11 through four games, 11 rushing touchdowns through four games. Um, Somehow, I don't know how we pass so much and still our running back is tearing through everybody, but um, he had 150 yards in the number one rush defense in the country, so we're incredibly proud about his efforts. And then um, Devontae Smith, he had 11 receptions for 167 yards and two touchdowns. Jalen Waddle had 161 yards and a touchdown, including another 90-yard touchdown pass. That's like his third of his career. Um, those two guys right there that I just mentioned are going to be first-round draft picks. And uh, when all is said and done, and then you, you include the sophomore we have on our team right now, John Mechie, he's already um, probably a, a junior prospect for the 2022 NFL draft. Um we're going to have probably eight starting wide receivers in the NFL just from this program, uh, all on different teams. It's going to be incredible. I don't know if any team's ever done that at the same time where they've had eight wide receivers starting in the NFL, but it's going to be – I think Alabama's going to be the first to do that. Um, and then, you know, finally on this game, Georgia led through the half in all of the last three meetings against Alabama, and they lost every single one of them. They have not beat Alabama in six tries. They haven't beat us since 2007 during the regular season. Now in Nick Saban's first year, um, they're a mess right now, guys. And and uh, I would hate to be a Georgia fan right now, given all the talent that they have, and not being able to beat Alabama, especially when our coach was supposedly out with COVID-19 earlier in the week, and then three you know negative tests later, he comes back and he's back on the sideline. I don't know if you guys heard about that whole storyline that was yeah. going on, but uh, yeah, that was that was incredible. I think that was probably the boost that uh, really gave this team a lot of morale. But um, that was the game of the week, an incredible game. Very proud of the Crimson Tide. We've got Tennessee coming up this week. That's another huge rivalry game. Tennessee's not looking too hot right now, though. Um, but uh, we'll definitely have to get our cigars, you know, the, the annual Alabama tradition where you smoke a cigar after you beat Tennessee. We're trying to make it 14 straight years in a row that we beat Tennessee. And um, 
yeah, that's the Alabama update. But uh, let's get into some of the other games that happened along uh, along with that game this week. Um, another kind of surprising showing, number four, Notre Dame, 12, Louisville, seven. So, again, Louisville's now one and four, and uh, they held the number four team in the nation to 12 points. And I don't know what happened to Ian Book. I mean, he's he was supposed to be one of the Heisman contenders this year. He has not have the, had the offensive production um, it, with this ACC schedule. And honestly, it's pretty concerning. You know, I had Notre Dame at that fourth spot in my playoff prediction last week. They only put up 12 points against an unranked and pretty garbage Louisville team. I think there's a lot of problems there. They've got a looming matchup with Clemson coming up in a few weeks that I think is going to kind of expose them. Um, so we'll get to it in a second, but Notre Dame has officially dropped out of my playoff picture. Um, I don't think that they're going to be in there when uh, when the time comes for that final ranking. Another huge upset, North Carolina. Number five, North Carolina upset by unranked Florida State, 31-28. to I mean, I, I, this one I did not see coming at all because North Carolina was – they were playing pretty good. They had some some concerning tendencies that they had going on the last few weeks. But Florida State looked like absolute hot garbage. And the fact that they uh, they go and they upset North Carolina 31-28, to 28, uh, I, I couldn't believe it. Um, they got off to a really hot start. I think it was like 31-7 to 7 at the half. And then North Carolina just came back 28-31. to 31, um, But th- they couldn't hold on. And then um, – Another great game, Arkansas at Old Miss. Arkansas is a vastly improved team. Um, they already have two SEC wins. That is the most that they've had combined in the last five years. Um, they're, they're an absolutely atrocious program. But but they finally, I think, have turned it around with their, uh, their new coach, Sam Pittman. He was the uh, offensive line coach at Georgia last year. Uh, they look really good. The, the, the embarrassing thing here is – Ole Miss put up 21 – this is the same Ole Miss team that Alabama faced last week that put up 600 yards on us. Um, they put up 21 points against Arkansas, and their quarterback, Matt Corral, threw six interceptions. Six interceptions. Um, three to the same guy. <laughs> and the, this dude was a walk-on. This, this dude was, this, he was a former walk-on. They have a, uh, they have a chemistry. Yes, that. very much, very much. I think he should uh, he should transfer and be a receiver at – um, Ole Miss because he definitely get the receptions. Um, it, it was just incredible. Uh, Ole Miss looked like garbage, and uh, it's embarrassing for Ole Miss. It's also very embarrassing for Alabama. This is the same team that uh, embarrassed us last week. Um, so, congrats to Arkansas. They're two and two on the season. They're they're getting AP top twenty five votes, which is the first time they've gotten that in a long time. I mean, this team has not looked good probably since Darren McFadden left in two thousand eight. Um, so this Holy is, uh, smokes. Yeah, it's, it's been a while since they've had some, some talent, but they definitely have it now. And then um, yeah, the, I, I'd say the other good game, uh, Kentucky upset number 18, Tennessee, 34-7. to I mean, uh, Tennessee looked like garbage. They started off the game with two consecutive pick sixes. Uh, that's not a good way to start off. And then um, they threw another interception after they benched their quarterback to put in their backup. And then they put the guy that they benched back in because they weren't happy with the backup. Um, and now they face Alabama. So, you know, it's just not really a good look for Tennessee right now. Um, they, they look lost. Uh, another SEC upset against South Carolina, 30-22 to against number 15 Auburn. Auburn now drops out of the top 25. This was the, the other cherry on top for me, guys, because it really was a perfect day for me. Um, seeing Auburn lose and get upset against South Carolina. And then us winning against Georgia. I mean, there's really no better feeling 
besides winning a national championship, then um, then that right there. And so that's that's a beautiful thing for me, uh, I would say. So, yeah, overall, guys, it was a fantastic week of college football. Next week, the return of the Big Ten and the Pac-12, or the Big Ten at least, they're next week and then the week after, I believe, is the Pac-12. Um, we finally have the uh, – we finally have all the Power Five conferences back and playing. So we're going to have a lot more football. Um, you know, the it's, it's basically the equivalent of, you know, Thanos getting the Infinity Stones. You know, it's like we have everything all together. Um, all, all Everything is, is right in the world. We have all of the uh, – we have all of the powerhouses now back and playing in college football. Seems somewhat normal, even though we're still canceling games left and right due to COVID. Um, as for next week, the biggest games to watch out for, I think an underrated one for me is, uh, let's see here, number 17, Iowa State, at number five, Oklahoma State. Um, this is a game that's probably going to decide the Big uh, Big Twelve Conference right here because those are the two undefeated or not undefeated but um, the two highest ranked teams in the Big Twelve right now. Um, that's basically going to be the conference championship. Whoever wins that is probably going to it's most likely to play um, for the Big Twelve title at the end of the season. And uh, obviously, number two Alabama against Tennessee. It's a good rivalry game. I don't know how you know competitive it's going to be, um, but it's something. And then the other game to watch out for Ohio State. It's finally starting up the season against Nebraska. We get to kind of get a feeler for how this uh, Ohio State Buckeyes team is going to look when all is uh, when all is said and done. I think they're going to come out swinging, but again, the Big Twelve has or the Big Ten has no room for error. They have uh, basically seven consecutive weeks of football. They have no bye weeks and they have no games or no weeks for rescheduling. So it's going to be uh, pretty tough for them. And then they've got like kind of a play-in tournament kind of thing they're doing for the Big Twelve championship. Um, so it's going to be tough for, for Ohio State. They have no room for error, but they also are playing one of the softest schedules in the entire country. Um, go figure. That's kind of how it works for Ohio State. Uh, real quick, before we go, Dom's playoff picture for the week. Uh, this is, again, this is kind of – it didn't change much from last week. The fourth spot, I literally have no idea what to put. And I'll explain that in a second. Number one, Clemson. Number two, Alabama. Alabama moves up from uh, where I had him last week. I, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. Our defense has a lot to improve on, but uh, I think we stay that at the two spot for now. Number three, Ohio State, just because they haven't played anybody, but they have the best talent in the country out of everybody who hasn't played. And number four, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I really I don't know because Notre Dame looks like garbage. Sac State. Sac State? Dude, honestly, <laughs> I'll, I'll put in Sac State because they probably have this. Honestly, if they have a resume to do it, I'll put them in there because I don't really know anybody else that kind of fits this fourth spot. There, there is no other team that has really played um, that that is that is undefeated that I, I feel it could really go there. Um, so honestly, just make Sam feel good and just put Oregon there. <laughs> I, but I don't even think Oregon. Like, I, okay, I, I think. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Penn State there. I'm gonna put wow. Penn State there because uh, why? Well, why? Because <laughs> I just don't think I don't think that I don't think that Oregon is a top four team. Okay, okay. I just don't. Dumb. Yeah. We just we just graciously listened to you so elegantly sum up this whole last week. I need to know, man. Just throw when them on. We had you here the first time. I asked you if there was any chance Oregon could have got in. And now we're seeing Georgia lose. We we see Notre Dame isn't as good as what we thought. Uh, the Big Twelve is a wreck. 
completely. I mean, if Oklahoma State loses, that that conference loses all hope, right? If Oregon wins out and they have to beat a pretty well good ranked USC team as well, and they win the Pac-12 championship, there's a chance they're win. They're in. Are is there not? I I mean, there's still there's just other stuff that has to happen too. Like it's still not even that's still not even set in stone. I I don't care. Would you put a two-loss Georgia team ahead of an undefeated Pac-12 champion? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. But I think there could be a one-loss Big 12 champion. There could be a a one-loss Big 12 champion that's played 10 games. You've got to think about this Oregon schedule. You're playing Stanford, Washington State, UCLA, Oregon State, Cal, and Washington. Those are great teams. Great, great programs. You're going to sit here and tell me that those are great programs. (laughs) You're, you're, you're okay. I, hey, I, yeah. He's you know, not. West Coast bias. Come on. <laughs> that's that's major West Coast bias. There's like there there's six unranked teams on that schedule, and then there's Washington, who I don't even know. Like we don't know if they're good this year. Like that's the only team right there that I, I see could be a threat. And even then, that could be an upset right there. I'm I'm just saying. I don't. You have to blow all of these teams out and really, really prove that you're the best. And I don't. The way this has been going, I don't know. Well, I don't know if that's possible. Let's be honest here. All these teams, like we just saw uh, North Carolina lose. We saw Tennessee lose. Like all these teams are falling out of the top twenty-five. There might be some Pac-12 teams that just slide in there by default, and Oregon <laughs> just rolls those teams to get their resume up. That's a possibility. It it is a possibility. It there's, is a possibility. There's no way that Auburn's staying in the top twenty-five. No, definitely not. They're they're screwed. I mean, they're they're done. Yeah. Does that bring a, a little bit of happiness? Oh, very much so. Yeah, but honestly, but also it's it scares the crap out of me because now <laughs> the only thing that they have going for them is to wreck our season, which is usually the worst possible place we could be in. I mean, Bo Nix, Bo Nix said, Bo Nix literally said last week, you go to Auburn to beat your rival. Or he said last year, you go to Auburn to beat your rival. That's the entire reason you go to, to Auburn. to beat and, and lose to everyone else. Exactly. <laughs> you, don't, you don't play for championships. You play to beat Alabama. That's what you go there for. You you know, that's that's how it is. So, I mean, I I don't know. I don't see – I'm going to put Penn State in there right now because I'm going off of who hasn't played and who I think is going to be the best. I will absolutely give you your due diligence if Oregon comes in, you know, at the end of the next two months and they're undefeated. I will 100% give you that due diligence and I'll say, hey, Oregon belongs to be in there, but right now I don't see it. All right. Well, we have it on tape and we have it on record. So if it doesn't happen, then we'll just, we'll just pull the tape. I'm expecting it. I'm also completely willing to eat crows. Like, I got no problem saying I was wrong. I'm wrong all the time. This is just how I see it right now. Well, you're right more times than Sam and I are right, so you got that going for you at least. Um, All right, so any – well, I I guess I got one question for you since you you didn't mention this team before we let you go. Does Clemson really have a threat to – to for them winning the national title right now? Uh, Yes, they're they're unequivocally the best team. Um, they're they're the most complete team. I don't know. I actually didn't say the score of last week's game. Uh, they beat Georgia Tech seventy three to seven. So um, they're playing a garbage schedule. I mean, it's one of the weakest schedules of all the the, the um, you know the power teams right now. 
Um, they Again, their best team coming up is going to be Notre Dame. If they beat Notre Dame, which I think that they can absolutely manhandle Notre Dame based on what they've showed, Clemson is undoubtedly the number one team. I think if we played them right now, like if Alabama and Clemson played, they'd beat us by a few touchdowns. Um, our defense is not on that level yet. We just showed flashes of being able to have a championship caliber defense, but we have to be able to do that for four quarters consistently. We can't start off, you know, um, we can't start off with one half of bad football and play a second good one. Uh, Clemson will go up on us by three touchdowns and snap. I mean, it, 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 that's just how good they are right now. Hmm. Um, so I think Clemson has the best chance to win it all. Um, I think Alabama will get to the playoff, but uh, if we don't shape up our defense, you know, we're, we're going to lose possibly in the semifinals. Hmm. Right. All right. Well, Dom, as always, thank you for coming on the show and making everybody a little bit smarter. Um, we, uh, we, uh, like always, we appreciate you coming on and t- telling us a little bit about, uh, the college football weekend, because, uh, that is something that Sam and I would not be able to do, uh, as proficiently, uh, as you do. So again, as always, thank you for coming yep, on. Absolutely guys. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks. Tom. No, no yep. problem. All right. Um, well, you know, I was just trying to get him to throw you a bone with Oregon, so I tried. He literally man. said he any team could go in there, and then he shoots down Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> so not any. So team. not exactly any team. We'll put a, a a Penn State who hasn't played anyone, but we won't put an Oregon who hasn't played anyone. He he was all in on Sac State. Oh my god! But not Oregon. <laughs> Let's just put UC Davis in there, just for the lulls. Why not? Why not? Let's put a junior college team in there, Sierra. Hey, don't. Oh, <laughs> oh I sneezed. You. Yikes. Let's put in uh, that USC. Sorry, University of Sierra College. There we go. There we go. All right. Um, who do you... So, I got to ask you. Have you been paying a ton of attention so to college I, football? I watched the, um, I watched the Alabama-Georgia game. Uh, Alabama looked a lot better. That defense, it, it's definitely – it's it's got way more holes than I think we've ever seen. Their linebacking core wasn't really um, as strong as I've seen. It's just like the run game. The Georgia was like shredding them in the run game, and uh, Georgia's QBs. Um, he played phenomenal in the first half and looked awful in the second half. I don't know if that was, if that could be completely attributed to Alabama's defense or. Um, more Georgia was pressing to keep up with Alabama's great offense. I, the the weapons that Alabama is producing year in and year out is amazing. To lose Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs, who both went top 20 in the NFL draft, and they have maybe the best wide receiver duo they've ever had, is crazy. Yeah, they're just spitting out talent right now. Um, and it was... It was one of those things, too, that, you know, Dom had mentioned about, I mean, last week, because really all I have to go off of is really what I hear from him each and every week. And, you know, one of the things that he had mentioned was how bad Alabama's defense was. And, you know, I understand that, um, you know, you, you, need, you need a good offense to keep pace with, um, with Clemson. Because right now Clemson looks like they're – by far and away the number one team. Yeah. So in order to stop Clemson, you need a good defense. So regardless 
of how good Alabama's offense is, if they can't stop Clemson, then I don't like. I agree with Dom. I don't think they're going to have a shot because I think the team that beats Clemson is going to be the team with the best defense. And if Alabama doesn't change that up, then I I think Clemson's just going to well, run away with argue, it. I'm surprised that Dom didn't argue this. Argue this. I think he's he's pretty um he's a pretty re- realistic Alabama fan. I think he's yeah he's more. He's he easily doles out like criticism to Alabama more so than I think praise, because this was a huge win no matter mm-hmm. how you look at it. And he was more talking about how the team yeah. can improve. I think Alabama has a bigger case to be number one after this week because they just beat a top four team in the country. Clemson hasn't feasibly beat anyone. If we're just going off a of resume, yeah, but that's, I think that's very true. Also looked the best, right? But if you're if you're just going off a of resume, then I think Alabama would have a bigger case to be number one. Yeah, that makes sense. But there, I mean, you know, the eye test comes into play as well. Just like you mentioned, they've looked better. Um, so it's, I mean, it'll be one of those things that after a couple of weeks, you know, we'll see where we stand because I don't know what Clemson's schedule is coming up. Um, I mean, I can check real quick. I'm assuming they're going to play, um, some, like, I would imagine they play some ranked team coming up. So yeah. Okay. So in their next one, two, three, four, five, in their next six weeks, they'll play Notre Dame on November 7th, who's number three right now. And then their last week they played Virginia Tech. Who's nineteenth? They already beat a number seven Miami team, forty-two to seventeen. Oh, fair. But those are the only those are the only ranked teams they're going to play this year. Um, and then, as far as as far as Alabama, I'll take a peek at their schedule as well. Um, they play Tennessee, Mississippi State, LSU, Kentucky. So they have Auburn again. Um, and I say again because they always play Auburn. Um, and then Arkansas. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you talked about Clemson not necessarily playing anybody. They do have that Miami yeah, I for, game I under totally their belt. About that. Um, Scrap whatever I just um, said in the last five minutes. I'm a great podcast host, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, to see where we are because I think Don might be right. I don't know if. I don't know who's going to be in I at that think, at that four spot. Maybe it will. will maybe it will be Oregon. I think they would have a huge case if. <laughs> it, yes, it takes a lot for that to happen, right? Like the the Big Ten, the Big Twelve has to shit the bed because a Big Twelve champion it has more of a case than a Pac twelve champion. But if, if you're a champion of the conference, I think you get in over, especially an undefeated champion, you get in over one loss runner ups. That's just me. Right. Well, we'll have to see how it all plays out because college football rankings each and every week is one of the more interesting things uh, week to week in sports. Um, just seeing where everybody where everybody is set uh, each and every week because it can change on a dime and it's not always an exact science for where everybody lands. So. So it'll be interesting to see what happens coming up. As far as the NFL is concerned, um, the NFL this weekend had some good games, but it didn't have a ton of good games. Uh, we'll run you through 
the scores, and we'll give you a little bit of breakdown of the games this weekend. So starting with the Texans and the Titans, keep in mind there was no Thursday night game this week because the Bills and the Titans played on Tuesday. So the Titans play again on – they played this weekend. They had a really short turnaround from their Tuesday night game to Sunday morning. They played the Texans 42-36, to a game that went into Mm -hmm. overtime. Tennessee Titans are now – 5-0. 5-0. and oh, The Tennessee Titans, I say again, are now 5-0. and oh. The Ravens barely, barely beat the Eagles 30-28. to 28. They jumped out to an early lead, and then Carson Wentz brought the team all the way back, and their failed two-point conversion at the end of the game head with scratcher. a really weird call. Real big head scratcher. Yeah, was, yeah, we'll get to that later. I don't, I really don't know what they were doing with that. The Falcons, they pick up their first win Dim- of the season Dimple against the Minnesota lead. Vikings. <laughs> didn't blow a lead, but the other Atlanta team this weekend oh. did. We'll get to that later. The Steelers beat the brakes off the Browns 38-7, to a real case of hammer in the nail. Lions beat the Jaguars 34-16. to The Colts barely beat the Bengals 31-27. to The Bears, and is it an upset? I don't know. I don't know. I guess record-wise, no. But the Panthers were red hot coming into this game. But the Bears beat the Panthers 23-16. to The Giants beat the Washington football team 20-19, to I believe. They also picked, yeah, they picked up their first win of the season. Dolphins shut out the Jets 24-0. to The Broncos beat the Patriots 18-12. to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers yep. smacked the Packers in a game that was yep. really shocking, 38-10. to and the 49ers beat the Rams 24 to 16. The 49ers beat the Rams 24 to 16. So good for the 49ers. And don't look yet, but the Miami Dolphins are ahead of the New England Patriots in the division for the first time. And I cannot remember. I cannot remember. But I mentioned last week that I wanted to do some trivia each and every week. So I have a trivia oh, question. Wait. For you, you about guys, the if Patriots. If you guys are wondering why we didn't talk about the Chiefs, Bills, Cardinals, Cowboys, it's because they haven't happened yet. Sorry. That's true. We are we are filming uh, Monday at but, we started at twelve o'clock. Jason, could I you mean twelve thirty. So um, that uh, Andy Dalton put up fifty points on the Arizona Cardinals, and um, that Patrick Mahomes ran the ball for two hundred and thirty-seven yards. That was amazing. It really was. It really was, and also the Raiders won on their bye weekend too. So that, that was if the Chiefs. That's lose, another thing we should talk about as well. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. So, um, so the trivia question that I have for you, because um, I said I was going right. to do trivia each and every week. Um, Tom Brady. So the Buccaneers lost right. last weekend. They lost to the Bears. So what is Tom Brady's? Win percentage in his career coming off of an in season uh, so loss. Just regular so season? I've, just a regular so in season loss. So I can, will. You can tell me at the end of the. Yeah, I'll give you guys the answer at the end of this. I heard this today and I thought it was really, really staggering oh, and really impressive. An um, so, what game do you want to start with this weekend? Um, I think we can kind of mull over the, the Falcons-Vikings game. The Go to the Bears game. The Bears-Panthers game. So, the Bears um, the Bears jumped out to a lead 
early on in this game. The halftime score was thirteen to six. It was a pretty tight game, but then, but then they went up twenty to six. Then they went up twenty to six, and after that, I mean, the the Panthers made a little bit of a run at the end. They scored ten points in the fourth quarter, and the Bears only scored three. But again, so the Bears now. You know, I think the Bears were kind of sitting a little bit, in my opinion, where the Browns were coming into this week. They were a team that was – they were both 4-1, and one, and the Bears needed – I don't know. They beat the Buccaneers, so that was one of those games where it was like, okay, that was a prove-it game against a really, really, really good team. But there were people who were talking last week about the Buccaneers maybe not being – maybe that was just a down week for them. Well, then they, then they come up against right. the Panthers, who are red hot. Um, coming into this game and they beat the Panthers pretty handedly and uh, you know it's one of those things where I'm a believer and you are what your record says you are but there was also just a little bit of hesitation saying that for whatever reason for the Bears because you know the offense has been so one inconsistent you're not sure about Nick Foles and his health and is this team going to be um, I mean are they actually as good as their record says they are and I typically believe that but still for whatever reason, it just felt weird saying that the Bears were really actually good this season, but I, I think they are really good um, this season. This Bears defense has totally come into form. I think they, they were the catalyst yeah. in the win last week against the Buccaneers, and they were the sole reason that Carolina looked. The, Teddy Bridgewater was in fits the whole day. He They got... They drum up so much pressure against him. They cause three turnovers. Um, the Panthers really, really rely on their run game with Mike Davis, who's done a great job in replacing Christian McCaffrey. Um, and he just couldn't get going. He couldn't get any separation. The Panthers wide receivers had key drops. DJ Moore, who's a, who's becoming a really top tier wide receiver, he had some key drops in this game, and it just. The defense held up the entire day for this. The bear, the Bears defense is legit, no doubt. Uh, Nick Foles didn't have a great game, but I think he just gives that team so much confidence because they know he's not going to throw the game away, and he's going to do enough for them to win. And that's that's the difference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's really that's really all they need from Foles is just to do enough and to let the defense. And to let the defense win them these games, and that's what they're doing right now. Um, we look over, so the Bears had four sacks, um, and how many turnovers did they force? I believe so. Teddy Bridgewater threw two interceptions, but there I was. don't Mike think, I don't think there were any fumbles in this game. There was, oh, there was one, yeah. So three turnovers for the Panthers and one for the Bears. So again, you know, you look at the the box score and total yards. Carolina they beat the Bears in total yards, three hundred three to 261 they were pretty even in passing yards 198 to 191 um but you know it was one of those and they ran the same amount of plays and they're and in terms of uh, ball possession you know it was relatively the same 31 minutes to 28 minutes but again it was the same thing i was talking about with the raiders a couple week with a couple weeks ago it's the turnover battle you you can't expect to win a game if you turn the ball over three times and you don't force turnovers yourself to make it, to make up for that, well, to make up for that turnover, really. So when you lose the turnover battle three to one, it's going to be really, really Especially hard where uh, to win that game. Occurred. They both happened in Carolina's own, uh, like within the 30. 
So that puts in Chicago, at least in field goal range, but I think Chicago capitalized for both of those into their touchdowns. So that's the game right there. If you're giving yeah. that team, as a defense, if you're giving your offense the, that great a field position, you've done such a great job. And you'll win. Yeah. Yeah, and the Panthers had a tough time on third down uh, this weekend, too. They were 3-for-13 uh, on third down conversions. Uh, also, really, really hard to win if you're not converting on third down. Um, but the Bears, you know, I <laughs> – and it's one of those things now. I believe the they Bears are, are number yeah, one in their are, division. I'll double check real quick. I, yeah, I believe they took – yeah. Yeah, so, you know, we were talking about the beginning of the season about the Vikings maybe being a contender. That doesn't look like that's going to be any sort of um, possibility. The Lions, two and three, I don't think they're a super big threat to make a push for a wild card. So it's going to come down to the Bears and the Packers. And I think people are going to say they have more confidence in the yep. Packers than they do in the Bears. Um, but still, and I don't, I don't know if I can comfortably say that that the um, that the Bears are going to compete for that division title. I still think the Packers uh, are going to pull it out, but I think the Bears are going to be like maybe one game behind them. I would bet, I would put a ton of money in saying that the Bears are going to make yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, that's their schedule. Um, I don't think we have enough time to go in into all that, but um, th- getting these five wins early in, in the year definitely puts them in a perfect spot. I think that's a little obvious to say, but I mean, it's just, it's just true. Getting these early wins to allow them to have a little more margin for error as the year gets uh, down the line. So I have their schedule right here and I just took a quick peek at it. Obviously they play the Packers twice. Um, they play the Titans. Their next three weeks are going to be their hardest weeks in the sense that they play the Rams, the Saints, and then the Titans. And then they have the Packers twice. And the other games, against they have two games against the Vikings, the Lions, the Texans, and the Jags. So they've got a couple games on their schedule uh, that should be challenging for them. But, you know, I, right. I, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't know if I had them in my, uh, in my playoffs. Um, I don't think you season. did. I don't remember. I think I had the Vikings. No, I didn't. Yeah, I think I had the Vikings. Right. So, yeah. Um, so one of the games that I wanted to get to this weekend um, was, I would say, arguably coming into it, the biggest game of the week um, right. was the Steelers and the Browns. This was a game that the Browns, you know, I heard a lot of talk earlier in the week that, you know, the Browns and the Steelers, this is a rivalry game, and it's really not. Um the Browns haven't beaten the Steelers in what was it like 2004 or 2003? I heard it's been at. I mean, in Pittsburgh, it's just well, they hadn't beaten them in Pittsburgh in like I think over 15 years. So it was one of those things where it was like, is it really a rivalry or is it sort of like I mentioned earlier in the show, kind of a hammer and nail sort of situation? And it certainly looked like a hammer and nail situation uh, this weekend, 38 yeah. to seven. 38 to seven. So my question for you is, do you have, if you're a fan of the Browns, if you're a fan of the Browns, do you have any confidence in this team? Um, Even though they're four and two. Yeah, I think you definitely do. From what you saw the last three weeks, I think you got to have a immense amount of confidence because that team is playing so well. Um, This week it happens. Uh, They got blown out. They got blown out week one and then they went on, a, a great run 
So if this is the this is a turning point into playing better football, then it, I guess it just happens. They were they ran up against a great defense. Yeah, and yeah. So we had talked earlier in the season about um, who the great defenses were this year, and it was kind of hard to pinpoint who like the number one defense was. We mentioned the Steelers. We knew the Bucks were going to be good. Um, and yeah. both of those teams this weekend, their defenses showed up. Um, and, you know, I know you said that – I guess for me the reason why I asked that question is because the two teams that the Browns have played this year that have been legit contenders have spanked oh, them. The like Colts. they haven't even I been mean, close. The now Colts they've won four contenders. games. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I mean, no. I mean, I don't know. I, I. I. don't know. I don't. I. I don't have a lot of confidence. I wouldn't have a lot of confidence in uh, Philip Rivers right now. Um, but I, I mean, I don't know. That's just. That's just me. The Colts have a phenomenal team, but Rivers I mean, the quarterback is what's going to uh, keep them from going anywhere. He did play. He did play good. He did play uh, good. He did play well this past weekend. Um. So, I mean, in terms of like big games this weekend, you know, we had the Browns and the Steelers one. We had the Bears and the Panthers one, which was a big game for both teams. The Panthers looking to rattle off a four straight win, and the Bears uh, needing to take the division um, or wanting to take the division with that game. Titans beat the Texans, which I think we all saw coming, but I don't think we saw uh, an overtime coming. And, man, I really wish they would change the overtime rules in the NFL um, because when a team – I mean, if you, get, if you get the ball first and you go down and you score a touchdown, the game's over, and I hate that. I wish that they would give the other team a chance to respond back – uh, in that sense, like is that is that just me, or would you like no, to see I like, like the, a, a switch? College does it where they just go back and forth, right? Yeah, but they start them in like the right. twenty-five yard I, line I'd love to see or something like that. You saw Deshaun Watson's expression after they lost the coin toss. He was yeah, he he was like yeah, he totally knew disappointed because he he was playing he played so well in this game. To, to put them in a position yeah. to win a 1-4 Texans team against a 4-0 Titans team that was playing maybe the best in the AFC, to put them in the position to beat that, that yeah. team was great, great on him. Uh, the fact that they're 1-5, uh, I don't think accurately shows. They've had a tough, a tough... I don't schedule. either, yeah. Whoever the schedule makers were, we're not fans of Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien must have pissed some people off in the league office for the schedule that they've had. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, in the first six weeks, the Texans have played the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Steelers, and now the Titans. And then, oh, by the way, next week oh, they nice. get the they Packers. get a little break, a little breather. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's, that's crazy. If they somehow make the playoffs, that's amazing. So let's. I just. I'm looking at the Texans' schedule in totality right now. So 
in terms of like I'm looking at their schedule and who the notable opponents on their schedule are. They played the obviously they played the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Steelers, like, the Titans. Yeah, they By the way, they play, they the play the Titans the twice. twice. They play the they play the Packers. They play the Browns. They play the Patriots. They play the wow. Colts. They play the Bears. And then yeah, and like I said, they play the Texans. I mean, they they play the Titans again. The, the Houston they has a be, ridiculous schedule by one possession and be like six and ten. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I there. I mean, it, their schedule is just. And I was talking about the Raiders having a tough schedule this uh, this this year, and their first six weeks have been brutal as well, but. In turn, in, in like totality, I would be shocked if I, you could find a schedule and make a convincing argument well, that Niners, it is tougher than Houston's schedule. Harder than that schedule. Like from comparing sixteen games to sixteen games, I don't think the Niners have. They have a hard stretch, which I don't think any team would be envious of. But the Texans. Oh yeah, your guys. I'm looking at it right now. Your guys' the the next Texans, six weeks is they ridiculous. Don't, they don't have Especially now that they're so far behind the curve, they can't take a week off. They can't even blink. Yeah. Right. Since you uh, since you mentioned the 49ers, you want to give nah, us a quick little nah, breakdown nah, of the I mean, 49ers? What did we expect? Come on, Jason. What, <laughs> what do you mean, what did we expect? I know you did. I expected the Rams to win. What did I say? So, so tell me, so uh, tell me how the 49ers won this game. Making Jared Goff beat you. He was off in this game. He missed some easy throws that really bailed out the Niners secondary. Um, uh, Fred Warner, got to be one of the best linebackers in the league. That dude is everywhere against opposing run, uh, run games. Uh, Daryl Henderson actually got like gashed them a couple times, which was a little unsettling. Um, they just did. They just had a great job when they were some semblance of healthy. I'm just talking about the defense here. Jason Brett looks like he's here to stay for that secondary. He had a big interception, had some great uh, pass deflections. Um, Emmanuel Mosley is just getting healthier. Jimmy Ward, um, we know he's a good player. He hasn't played the best, but I think that's just because um, he's trying to bail out some poor areas in the other secondary. Other areas of the secondary, uh, Jockey's Tart. I don't know if he got injured, but he what he didn't play the last bit of that game. I don't know if he was benched, um, but that's interesting to see. Uh, defense played great for sure, and that offense, that first drive was the best thing that could have happened for them. I know Jimmy, he didn't throw a ball across the line of scrimmage that whole first drive, and somehow got sixty nine yards and a touchdown. Do I care? No. <laughs> that's just that just shows the genius of Kyle Shanahan and <laughs> I love that if they start off games like that and just put that puts an opposing defense on its heels Aaron Donald was neutralized in this game and Raheem Mostert mm-hmm. running everywhere uh, Jerick McKinnon uh, what's his name Hasty Hasty he came in it was an effective runner this offensive line just had a great bounce back weekend Jimmy G, man, from what we saw against Miami, that he couldn't even – it looked like he couldn't even play catch in the backyard, right? And he's throwing 
<laughs> the last touchdown he had, the that's the most impressive three yard passing touchdown I've seen with all things considered, because <laughs> if that was last week, that ball's spiked into the turf. And he puts it right between the numbers, right in Brandon Ayuk's hands. And I'm like, that's a great sign. He's only going to get better. He's only going to get more healthy. That is an awesome sign for 49er fans. Don't tell me that Jimmy G is getting carried, blah, blah, blah. He's a game manager. I don't care. Guy had big time throws to George Kittle on fourth down. That was a dime. No, nothing about it. You can't say anything bad about that pass that turned into a bigger game than what it is. And the throws to Kendrick Bourne over the middle for big first downs. It's just it's, it's just what you want to see. This is what the team looked like last season against a good Rams team. We know this. Right. We already established this Rams team was good. And now they, they thoroughly dominated that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a, it was an impressive showing for a team that absolutely needed it. Absolutely needed it. Um, so we'll see what we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks with the 49ers. If this was their bounce back week, um, or if it was just a, if it was a fluke. So we'll find out. And I don't think it was a fluke. I, the 49ers are a good team. They've just been riddled with injuries, as we all know. It's been well-documented uh, everywhere. The 49ers just got plastered with injuries this year. So it's – don't – for those of you listening to the show, don't think for a second that the 49ers aren't a good team because they are. They've, they're just recovering from injuries and learning how to deal with um, – well, I wouldn't even say learning how to deal with injuries because they're learning, honestly, now how to play without injuries because – their offense was so lackluster because of all the injuries. And now that they have everybody back, it was their first week of all together last week. So yeah, there's going to be some growing pains on the offense because they hadn't played together. So I think the 49ers are only going to get better week to week. I think their defense is going to learn to adjust without having two of their best players. Um, and I, I think, I think they're going to make a cake, make a run at the playoffs. Oh, okay. I don't think they're going to do much I don't know why in that the was, playoffs. Well, that was needed. I, no, I, I don't think. I just think there are better teams than the 49ers. Um, but I think they're definitely going to make a push uh, for sure. They're going to get better uh, week to week. And speaking of getting better week to week, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are getting better week to week. They beat the brakes off the Packers. Um, Aaron Rodgers looked pedestrian yesterday. He was 16 for 35, 160 yards, two interceptions. Tom Brady was 17 for 27, 166, two touchdowns. The Bucks ran for 158 yards. Aaron Rodgers threw two interceptions. And by the way, right. he threw a pick six yesterday, which hmm. is only the third in his career. The third pick six in his career. I heard that this morning, and that was really interesting. Uh, but also not surprising. So coming out of this weekend, like I mentioned earlier, we've been talking a couple shows ago about the great defenses in the NFL, and right now the Buccaneers defense, along with the Steelers, are the two best defenses in the league. And they did exactly, honestly, I think what this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team wants to do. They want their defense to be the absolute star of the team, 
and they want that defense to do what the Broncos did for Peyton Manning a couple years ago, which was carry Tom Brady to a Super Bowl and have Tom Brady make enough plays to keep them in games and then have their defense push them over the edge. Um, and they kind of look like the Broncos right. got, from a couple they, of years ago in that so sense. much pressure on um, Rodgers um, the whole day, which was definitely affecting them. They shut down Green Bay's running game, and they've been able to do that. They've been able to do that to yeah, only 94 most, yards. most of their opponents this whole year. They're great against the run, and when you make a team one-dimensional, then you get to tee off with that pass rush, and it just befuddles Green Bay. They were up. Green Bay was up 10-0, looking great. Rodgers was looking great early in this game, and it was like, Tom, what's going on on the other side? And then all of a sudden, their bubble was bursted with that pick six. And it looked like the wheels had just come off. And Rodgers couldn't do anything to stop it. And after, and then it was 38 straight points unanswered. And it was like, how did we get here? Mm-hmm. Right, it was tw- they scored 28 points in the second quarter, the Buccaneers did. And I think if you're the Green Bay Packers, I don't think at all you should panic. I think you just ran into a buzzsaw of a defense. Um, Aaron Rodgers, after the game, said he feels totally fine about the team right. they, and that they just needed kind of a wake-up call, um, and this is exactly what they needed. And I think, he was, I think he's right in that sense. I think every once in a while, a really good team needs to be brought back down to earth. Um, and I think uh, I think this was the Green Bay Packers sort of slap in the face, wake up call. And I think the Packers are going to be this absolutely was fine. I think it was just a little bump in the road. It like Rodgers um, was making a concerted effort to get him the ball. He targeted him. Yeah, Devontae Adams had six receptions for 61 yards. Um, I but he was not 100 percent sure. I don't have that number for you. Which were kind oh ten? Of, there you go. I'm sorry, ten. I don't know if we could say forced. I don't. I I'm not a professional, and I don't think I can make that determination. But it was just interesting that it really looked like he was trying to get the ball to Devonta Adams in his return, and maybe that that's like mm-hmm. put a a stop in this in a gear for this. Green Bay offense that was just rolling. Like it looked like Rodgers was just spreading the ball around. And if if you like switch that up and make it to where it's focused on just one guy, it might slow down the whole machine. And that might have been what happened. Mm-hmm. And uh the Buccaneers also proved that they have the best and probably the best duos of linebackers They're uh, in the leagues and Devin White and Levante David. They are so good. <laughs> they are so good. Both of their linebackers, I'll just say this right now. So Devin White had nine solo tackles. Levante David had eight total tackles, six solo tackles. They both, Devin White had one sack. Levante David had a sack and a half. Devin White had three tackles for loss, and Levante David had two and a half tackles for loss. Those two linebackers are the best two linebackers. The best, it's the best duo in the league and could be the best one-two linebackers in the league. And, you know, this is, as a Raider fan who has to go up against uh, the Bucks next week, that is not what I want to be seeing. Um, 
our two hefty linebackers against the Raiders team who wants to run the ball. So that's going to be really interesting to see. Jerry um, better come play. To see which uh, wins in that sense. He really, he really better um, because the Raiders have done a great job at running the ball this year. They have a phenomenal offensive line and they have a great run game with a stud running back. But they're going to come again. They're coming up against the best um, rushing defense in the league. So it'll be interesting to see if they can figure out a way to get past that Bucks defense. Because I'll tell you right now, if the Raiders can't run the ball, they ain't going to win that game. I'm sorry, but they won't. Um, so the power rankings right now, according to NBC Sports, I'll just give you a quick ranking of the top 10, which I'm not sure I agree with. Um, okay. Number 10 is the Saints, 9 are the Bears, 8 is Buffalo, 7 is Tennessee, which I don't understand at all. The Packers are 6, the Ravens are 5, mm. the Bucks are 4, Pittsburgh is 3, Kansas City is 2, and Seattle is 1. I don't get that at all. You want... Oh I don't gosh. either. You want to do a um, quick, like, just sort of off the top of your five. head, Ooh. one through five? Um, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, for I think me, Green I'd still put Bay Seattle at number one. Before, so they definitely dropped down. I think I'm going to agree with you. Seattle bumps up. Um, and I honestly, and I know this is going to sound weird, but the best t- right now, right now, the best team in the AFC, the the most complete team in the AFC, I think. Oh, I thought you were going to say Steelers. No, I is don't the think Tennessee, Tennessee Titans. I was leaning towards saying the saying the Steelers, but I just gave it to the Titans because I, I don't know. I just I feel, uh, for whatever reason, I don't think I can give you a logical explanation behind why, but I just feel more confident in the Titans than I do the Steelers. But again, I think the Titans and the Steelers have looked mm. better than the Chiefs. Um, and but then at the end of the day, you still want to say like, oh well, the Chiefs have you know Mahomes and the Chiefs have this and that. And you're right, the Chiefs do have this and that. Oh, and by the way, they just added Le'Veon Bell um, right. as well, which we didn't get a chance to talk about when it happened. Um, but that's going to be another thing that's going to get thrown into the mix for them. Um, I'd still say yeah. Seattle's one. Um, I don't like the Bucks being that all. high. Um, I think you could prob yeah, I think you could interchange got, honestly from two to five. Did you you could probably show? interchange okay, go ahead. So No, I'm so I'm sort I, of still again, trying yeah, to two sift through, through it five a little bit. Is definitely tough. Um, I think there's a lot of areas that I I don't think these teams are going to stay here. I think a couple of these teams aren't going to finish in a, in a top five at the end of the year. But for right now, you got to give them yeah. their due. So I went Seattle one. I went Kansas City two because I think that Ravens win is definitely something that bumps them up over. Titans, I put three. Then I put the Ravens at four and I put Pittsburgh at five. Uh, yeah, I think, and this is just, and we're doing this off the top of our heads, and um, and I feel like maybe if I had more time, I, I'd change some things around. But I don't, I don't even know if right now I'd put the Ravens in my top five. Um, and I, I, you know, that they're just, 
They're so what? Why? The Eagles game this weekend kind of scared me a little bit with them in that just just a little bit. Um, they're so reliant on Lamar Jackson and a team that you think, which is you know, he was the MVP. A, almost a dumb thing to say in the sense <laughs> that well, yeah, of course they're going to be reliant on. Yeah, exactly. Um, but. The team itself, I don't know. They just Bro, don't look they the just same. Turned it off. They were done the, like they did last the year. They're not. And then two late touchdowns, and that's going to scare you. No, well, you get away it should. Win, if you're the a fan, from that. like you. Yeah, they but, you, were, but they don't okay, want to be were getting away with the wins. Eagles. They and looked I, like in a different class of the Eagles, and then the Eagles just cut it back late. That's it. I know, I know, and and it's one of those things where I like them and the Packers because I have the Packers at five, and I would, I would, you could, you could persuade me either way to put the Packers or the Ravens. You really could, um, but I think I'd, I think I'd go Seattle for one. I think I'd put Tennessee at two, the Chiefs at three, the Steelers at four, and the Packers at five. And I think you could rotate the Packers and the Ravens. Uh, so just I based on the I, argument at the I time. I didn't so. feel comfortable putting um, Pittsburgh above Baltimore because I don't know if we can definitively say that Pittsburgh's better than Baltimore right now. I I don't know if we can either, but since they haven't lost, I just kind of put them there and I'll give them their due diligence. I don't know when they're going to square off. Um, oh, isn't it week seven? I, I think it's yeah, I would week. love to. Because it to... got it got switched because um, is it because this of the week? whole uh, Pittsburgh Titans thing? I think it is. Oh yeah, oh, um, no, Steelers play the Titans. Well, according and to then this, they play the Ravens. Okay, so week eight. Oh no! This no. This right here says. November first. Yeah, we get November first. Steelers Ravens. Oh, what? Yeah, so next week. Yeah, this is saying next week. I. <laughs> week eight is the is one that against like the Colts. Updated. I don't know if I can trust. Oh, that's Google what I. Uh, that's that's what I was looking at on their and, uh... schedule. <laughs> But it has been really weird see, as of recent. The Steelers um, play the Ravens week eight. Let me see. Let me see. Fantasy. Fantasy is probably updated. So I'm. Yeah. So I'm looking at it right now, and when you go and click on uh, the Ravens like personal schedule, it has them playing Pittsburgh. But then you go to the week seven schedule it's of week the eight. NFL, they, and they aren't playing. So I think you might be right in the sense that we are going to learn a lot. Yeah, so okay, so you are right. They got bumped. The so I don't know, it's just not Yeah. <laughs> so wait, give me the mm-hmm. for sure. Rankings again? For sure. Um Oh, NBC. Yeah, whatever. Uh, that was uh NBC's rankings. Yeah, um so NBC's rankings are let's go. Scroll all the way back down. So Seattle is 1. Um, the Chiefs are two, the Steelers are three, the Bucks are four, the Ravens are five, Packers are six, Tennessee is seven, the Bills are eight, the Bears are nine, and the I Saints are ten. I don't agree with that at all. 
I don't either. I don't like I don't like the Titans being seven. Four. They have two losses. Four. I guess they're they're saying Yeah, it seems a bit high. Where did the Bears end up? Were they like nine or something? Uh yeah, so the the Bears and the Bucks are the only two teams in the top ten with two losses. Yeah, so I guess they're saying they're propping up the oh, I'm sorry, Saints, the Saints yes. loss because the Saints are a top 10 team and they're propping up the Bears loss because the Bears are a top 10 team. But I still don't... You shouldn't be rewarded yeah. for losing those two games. I guess because they beat Green Bay. Who else have they beaten? Anyone? Has the Bucks beaten anyone other than Green Bay? Who? Um, so let's take a peek at their schedule. So they have right. beaten, uh, they lost to the Saints. They beat the Panthers week two. They beat right. the Broncos. They beat the Chargers in the game. They almost lost. No, they haven't um, They lost to the, the Bears and they beat the Packers. There, there's no way they should be number four. Yeah. Yeah, they, so they get the Raiders next week, um, which will be an interesting game. Um, that's the Sunday night game. Um, and then, so that'll, I mean, the Raiders are playing well, but could you say that that's a notable team to, I, I don't know yet. Um, and then they have the Saints later on again, obviously. They have the Rams, the Chiefs, <laughs> the, and that's it. <laughs> Everybody else is, I, other than, well, I know I mentioned the Rams, so, yeah, okay. they don't have a I'm extremely really, tough schedule. Thinking, man. Um, did I actually? Let's do it. So you beat me. You beat me. So yeah. Oh. So you are. We are tied three to three. Um, oh, you had the Bears winning, and you had the Forty ers winning. What a weekend to go against the Forty ers You lost in fantasy because of it. Well, and Bryson's team went absolutely ballistic. But really, you lost because you went against your friend's team. That's really what the big thing was. Well, actually. Russell Wilson, Dalvin Cook, and Josh Jacobs were all not playing. So. And defense. And you picked. Well, against, let's be clear. I've had their defense for a while, them and picks. I've had Robert so Woods since the beginning of the season. So. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> okay. Um, even though I gave them a ton yeah, of credit you got, after you were done you uh, explaining, but you know, wrong. whatever. That's fine. Um. No, okay. <laughs> um, all right, so Thursday night game. Give me Sexiest Eagles, matchup of the week. Eagles-Giants. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Saints uh, and the Panthers. The Saints. the Saints are at home. Yeah, I'll take the Saints yeah, over the Panthers as well. I'll take the Bills over the Jets Sunday morning game. Give me the Browns. Um, the Bengals are at home tight. against the Browns. I think this is a good bounce back week for the Browns. Yeah, and the Bengals played the Colts really tough. I didn't expect them to play as well against that Colts defense as they did. I'll still take the Browns as well. Um, I'll take yeah. the Cowboys over Washington. No, I'm going to take Washington. That, this is tough because we, we are not going to be able to – we're Ooh. not privy enough to watch uh, the game tonight. Like, the Cowboys could look great tonight. 
I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Washington they pass could. rush is going to give Andy Dalton fits, and Washington's going to win. I don't know. Washington can't, can't score. I don't know how. <laughs> I'm going to go Washington dumb. <laughs> All right, Cowboys. I got the Cowboys, and you got Washington. Yeah. So I'll take the Packers over the Texans. Um, I think the Packers are going to bounce back. I think they're going to be pissed after last week. That's a good game. Um, the Lions at the Falcons. It's a good game in the sense that, like, the Falcons are such a prolific offense. And Both the Lions, are. I think, are better than their record says that they are, even though, again, I said earlier. Yeah, I, I think so. The Lions, like, you look at the Lions' schedule. Yeah. And so they've played yeah. the Bears who we know are really good. They've played the Packers. They've played the Cardinals. And they've played the Saints. (laughs) So they're in the same boat as the Texans. They lost by four points against the Bears. They did get smacked by the Packers. but they And they beat Arizona, who we all think is a pretty decent team. Okay, then. (laughs) Um, I think it's a pretty decent team. They um, jumped out to an early lead against the Saints, a very big early lead against the Saints. Um, and they ended up losing yeah, that game. And they beat the Jaguars, so they've had a tough schedule as well. I think the, the Lions are going to win Minnesota? this game. I'm going to go Falcons. Yeah. All right, I got the Lions. Um, so yeah. let's move on to the Steelers and the Titans. That's... An amazing matchup. That's on. <laughs> that game should get flexed. Let's move the Buccaneers and the Raiders no, game to 10 a.m. and let's move the Jaguars Steelers and the Titans Chargers game to the Sunday night. Out of that 125 spot, let's put that up into the 10 a.m. slots and let's put the Steelers Titans down there. Even though, wait, how are they? How do they have good, so many games good point. on CBS at the same time? So this is yeah, honestly the unstoppable force versus the immovable This is the Titans' the offense versus the Steelers' defense. In the last 20 years. <laughs> well, the best man. The best the, arguably, yeah. <laughs> runner. <laughs> Who outruns Yeah, the, the refrigerator <laughs> with legs. <laughs> oh, my God. He's, uh, I don't understand how he moves so fast. You are, yeah. See, I, I was feeling that as well. More explosive. Um, that that yeah. passing game has definitely come leaps and bounds. Oh, Tannehill's looking fantastic. The defense is Tannehill's great. been playing outstanding. Um, the Titans' defense isn't. It's very good. good. <laughs> they've put up. They've let us. Uh, let's. I'm gonna take a quick peek at their schedule and see how many points that they've given up. So they gave up 30 to the Jags, 30 to the Vikings, only 16 to the Bills. They've given up 30 Um, and then 36 to the Texans. Um, Yeah, 30 plus, yeah. I'm going to go I'm still picking Titans. Yeah, the... The more I look at it, the more like I. Right, you put them I, I think two. I have to because I put the Titans above the Steelers. So 
Yeah, I did. So, like, I just I'm riding with yeah. him. Um, I'll take the Seahawks over yeah. the Cardinals. Give me the Chiefs over the Broncos. Yeah. Let's get let's get Herbert. I'll take the Chargers time. over the Jags. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, the Niners against the Patriots. That's, scary, That's Patriots another good game. I think I'll take the 49ers last weekend one. against the Broncos. Um, just because they hadn't practiced in a I week or two. So. Well, Cam Cam hasn't been able to practice because of COVID. So they'll mm-hmm. come out a lot better, but I think the Niners no. just figured out who they are. Um and they'll they'll look better. I think that's that's a nice win for the Niners. Right. Um I'll take the Raiders over the Bucks just because I uh, you know I'm feeling I'm good about the, the Raiders. The last time I want we them to win, time, so I'm Raiders gonna will it into existence. <laughs> uh, okay. I.e. the same thing. <laughs> Thanks, That's true, but then they just, just the but then they the totally turn it around against down. the Chiefs, I and I don't know. I don't. I don't. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, I'm more worried about that game than I was. Um, at the beginning of the week, just because I saw how good, and obviously we knew Tampa Bay's defense was going to be good, but this was just a, a reminder. <laughs> um, so I'll really? take the, I'll take the Raiders, and I'll take the Bears take, over the Rams. I'll take the Rams. I will. I think the Bears deep. Okay. Okay. So we are two, we are four games. Um. So you know one of I us like. could flip on the Steelers Titans. I really don't like it though. Mm. No, I don't want to. I don't want to flip on the Titans. Um, I'm going to say the I Arizona want, I Cardinals don't want to are going to upset the Seattle Seahawks somehow, some way. I don't know how. They always play Seattle tough. I'm not. Uh, Do you want to switch your Cowboys Washington? Please, I don't know. <laughs> no. I like I like li- I like living on the edge. I'm taking I'm taking underdogs this week. No. Um, what are the Cardinals? What What are the okay. points? <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> they're covering. It's like they're a forty point underdog. Oh. <laughs> they're covering. Yeah. What last week was only like. All right, five games. games. It's always more three. interesting when we have yeah. a lot of games. Um. Three. It was only three. Yeah. It was only three. So, um, so we got two more things that I think we should uh, briefly cover. One, you'll have way more information. Yeah, give me a sec. Let's I talk will. about the other. You got any sort of preview for the uh, World Series? Okay. So, um, this, I don't know if you ended up watching this, um, but there was a. And honestly, I don't have a ton of context for this. But apparently there was like a generational boxing match uh, that happened earlier this week. Um, or I was actually, I, by the time this podcast gets released, earlier last week. And it was um, Lomachenko versus Lopez. And it was, for somebody who doesn't watch a lot of boxing or watch a lot of UFC, it's a, those are two sports that I, I wish... We're not on pay-per-view as much because I would absolutely go out of my way 
to watch UFC and to watch boxing. So the fact that this fight was um, not pay-per-view was a dream for me. So Lomachenko had three belts coming into this fight. Um, and uh, Lopez had one. So they put both of them put all of their belts on the line. So whoever won was going to uh, walk away with four belts. Um, and the fight was really interesting. Um, and I don't know the science behind boxing uh, that well. Um, my only like fighting experience has come from the military. Um, and, uh, it was, it was a really entertaining fight. It's, I don't, I had heard people earlier in the week saying this fight was somebody was going to get knocked out and these guys were, um, just too good of fighters, not to one of them, not to knock each other out. Um, Lomachenko I heard was more of the like surgeon type fighter. Like he was very methodical about his, um, moves, but at, he, t- so the, the phrase that I heard was he takes like one to three rounds to really download information about who he's fighting. And then he sort of attacks. And Lopez on the other hand was this big power puncher who just will like every single punch that he throws is one you absolutely have to respect. And the first couple rounds Lopez came out and he was just firing at Lomachenko. He was coming after him. Lomachenko was barely throwing any punches in the first couple rounds. And then the second half of the fight came and Lomachenko totally flipped the script um, and came back. It took him a really long time to start getting aggressive. But once he got aggressive, the second half of the fight was really his. Um, But then you get to round 12 and Lomachenko is a lot older than Lopez. Lopez is only 23. Um, Lomachenko, I don't think he'd fought in over a year. Uh, He's a, not an old guy by any means, but he's a lot older than Lopez. They both came out in the 12th round, and I was kind of thinking, I was like, all right, well, the vet's going to find a way to just pull this out uh, and knock this kid down. And Lopez came out and just was swinging at Lomachenko and just delivering some big hits, absolutely stole the 12th round. Um, and at the end, in a unanimous decision, walked away with all four belts, and that is Lopez. 23 years old it was a really fun fight and it was one of those instances where i was like man i really wish ufc and and boxing matches were not on pay-per-view because like i said i would go out of my way to watch these two sports um because they are just so entertaining to me um it was a lot of fun and it was a lot of fun for somebody who doesn't get to watch a lot of boxing uh in ufc it was i i I really enjoyed watching this fight and i hope it did well in terms of viewership because i would love love to see more fights uh on just no, regular national television uh, uh, in the future. So, did you watch that fight at all, Sam? Yeah, it was. It was just. I, I wasn't sure if you did. I meant to text you during it, um, but I, I got wrapped up in it. Um, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I I hope more people. I hope a lot of people watched it. Um, I don't know if a lot of people. I mean, I had heard coming into it that it was like a generational type fight. So I'm assuming the people who love boxing knew about the fight, but it's the people who don't like myself, have an ear to the ground when it comes to this what, stuff. Um, um, I hope they on? were, like, people found their way uh, to watching this Saturday fight because night? it was it was a lot no, of fun. Friday night? It was... Um, and it was on ESPN? Mm, yeah, yes, sure it, it was it Saturday night. Pretty, it was Saturday pretty good numbers because I don't think there was anything yes. on... Oh, unless it was during the Alabama-Georgia game. Um, no, the fight oh. started at, like, 8 o'clock. Yeah, 
I think I think if you're just if you're just someone so scrolling it was, it was pretty through late in that TV, um, and you stumble upon that, you're like, oh, let's check this out, and it's just like a <laughs> a great heavyweight fight. <laughs> you're like, oh, well, perfect. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. So, so um, um, any uh, any sort of preview for us for the series, uh, World I Series? It's definitely the bats of Los Angeles, who's star-studded. Um, just from one to nine, is elite, great, best the game has to offer. Versus hot pitching by the Tampa Bay Rays, that's really carried them through this postseason. I think those are the two things to look at. Um, both teams went to seven games in the, in the prior series. So not really a lot you can take away from who's, who's, uh, like dominated their opponents in that sense. Uh, the Dodgers in two less games have scored 12 more runs than the Rays has, which I think is interesting. Um, their batting average is 50 points higher than the Rays are. So I think it really comes down to can Tampa Bay continue to cool down bats? They've gone up against the Astros. Um, they went up against the Yankees, who are an elite uh, hitting team. And they've gone against the Blue Jays as well. I mean, these are teams that have a, just great batters up and down their order. And the Rays have been able to get through and survive. So I think if, if they're really going to have a great chance to win, it's got to be that. It's got to come from the pitching, first and foremost. And timely hits. That's just really what's brought them through uh, in on this World Series run. Um, but this is the Dodgers series to lose. No doubt. No doubt about it. Um, any any sort of like, uh, in your opinion, any players we need to watch out for? Like if there's if the Rays are going to win this, you any idea? Uh, like on, said, like, give me, give me how the Rays. No matter what, I think it's, gotta, if they win, it's probably going to be in seven. Um, the rotation, they have a great rotation. Uh, Blake Snell and uh, Tyler Glasnow are two uh, really great pitchers in this in this game. Um, hitting wise, they're the the thing about the Rays is they're such like a great underdog story where they come out of nowhere and really have taken this league by storm, really taken um, this whole shortened season into their own, and they've really taken advantage of it. And um, they're just the storybook winners, if anything uh, were to happen, and they come out and win this series. I think the biggest thing you got to look for is it's always a storyline anytime the Dodgers are playing Clayton Kershaw. He struggled in this postseason. And it's it's no secret that the guy hasn't lived up to gaudy expectations he's set up for himself coming into the regular season. I think game one, right away, if he's on it, Dodgers look good. But I want to see the Dodgers lose and fall on their face for another mm-hmm. World Series loss. That's just me, though. Uh, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll should be a fun series. Obviously, uh, my ears not 
uh, super far into the ground with baseball, yeah. but I'll probably be tuning in as much as I can just because the World Series is always fun to watch. Um, um, I'm going to go Rays. So in you think it? Uh, what, what is your prediction? Thing about like, the races, it, I talk. Well, I think we lost Sam. Did you hear? <laughs> um, oh, are you we didn't back? Hear me at all? What I just said? I hear you now. Okay, so what I was saying is, it's interesting that I was just saying that no, I the Dodgers have put up more runs in this postseason, <laughs> but the power has really been in the Rays' favor. They put up twenty-five home runs to the Dodgers' eighteen this postseason. So that's something that to look to look for in this. When we when you we think about great pitching and timely hits, the long ball really comes into play. And I said it was going to be uh, game seven, mm-hmm. four three, Rays win. Well, that series starts as of the recording of this podcast would be tomorrow. So by the time this gets released, it would start tonight. Uh, I believe it. Five oh nine is uh, when the first pitch is being thrown out. So, how many how many we'll, games uh, are being played? We'll keep an eye on the World one? Series as Just we go like um, through this podcast. Oh, dude! Oh, I'm not sure. Oh, My computer me, just froze right in front of me, so I don't. Have... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, let's find out. And I'm assuming it's going to be because I think it was game one. Game five would be. I think there's like October four games being played is either four or five so we would potentially have five games being played before our next for our next podcast hopefully there's not a sweep yeah that'd be a little lack like little lackluster unless the dodgers get swept because that'd be awesome yeah hopefully not hopefully not (laughs) spending all that money just (laughs) so right (laughs) um all right well that'll do it for us Uh, on episode 64 thank you all so much for listening as always we truly do appreciate it if you made us with made it with us to the end of this podcast we thank you so much and uh i i i hope we uh hope we made you a little bit smarter today uh, about sports but i i doubt that that uh, that that happened so um thank you guys so much as always for listening and we will be back next week at 